0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Cleveland Browns are falling apart. The Pittsburgh Steelers' skill position players are showing out, but who's going to throw to them? LeBron and Bronny soon to be ruling the court together. His father and son? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major, major sports.
0: sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As the Cleveland Browns try and figure out what the future of Deshaun Watson will be, as the NFL appeals the six game suspension, the soap opera continues outside of Deshaun Watson. Now, Kareem Hunt the backup running back to Nick Chubb. They form a dynamic duo of running backs. He's not happy with his role. He would like to be traded according to reports. So to try and figure out what happens next and what's going on in Cleveland, because the answer is a lot, our friend Jeff Lloyd from Locked on Browns. And, and Jeff, do I have this right? Is, is the genesis of the Kareem Hunt beef uh, a role-related?
2: The issue here is, look, Kareem Hunt doesn't have any money coming to him after 2022. I think everybody can kind of see the writing is on the wall. Nick Chubb, the meat of his contract, although it starts this year, the meat, the monetary side of it, starts next year. Um, Browns drafted Jerome Ford, have the Ernest Johnson, have a guy in Demetrius Felton who can play receiver, who can do some running back things. I think everybody kind of understands and agrees Kareem Hunt will not be here in 2023. But what, first off, what running back in the NFL you know, wants to be on a walk year with no financial security? It is the most dangerous position in the league. Um, so Kareem Hunt is totally justified in what he's saying. And the other thing I think from Kareem Hunt's camp is, well, we think for at least six games, these running backs are going to get some heavy, heavy usage um Deshaun Watson maybe ends up longer than that obviously you're going to lean on this running game probably even longer so putting himself in the possibility and risk for maybe greater you know injury he gets injured what contract is he looking forward to next year it's not going to be nothing and it'll always fall back to the prove it deal you know which no NFL player wants to be um for the Browns I think the Browns would be they'd be okay you know but it's really difficult to work on a contract that you and the player both, both basically feel that neither one of you are you know, ever going to be
1: holding the end of. Okay, okay so we understand where he's coming from and, and understand that, look, it's you either pay me or I want to be somewhere else, somewhere that might have interest in extending me. Let me put the feelers out. So there, there's some intuition in, in how this all is shaped. What would make the Browns pull the trigger on a deal? What could a team offer to make them say, all right, the best thing to do here is to move forward because we understand this is our last year with this guy. He understands this is our last year with this guy. And so we think the right thing to do is to try and maximize his value now because in a year he could
3: walk for nothing.
2: Oh, I think I don't think that's something that they're not okay with if kareem hunt just moves on at the end of this year um this is the reason maybe why you drafted jerome Ford this year smart organizations make a move you know one year early as opposed to making a move one year late um look the problem is is what is the going market for running backs as far as trade there's not a lot there you know the browns okay we don't have nick chubb well guess what we do have we have a fantastic receiving running back who once led the afc in rushing like the browns hold all the cards here um you know kareem doesn't play how does that work out for him um it's you know it maybe maybe somebody says a second round pick cuz you're trying to get back some capital that you've lost um but I don't think anybody's going to offer it as soon as the Browns say you know could you have any better insurance policy for Nick Chubb than Kareem Hunt and I think with knowing the fact that Jacoby Brissett is going to limit their passing game um Donovan Peoples Jones Anthony Schwartz uh you know, David Bell I mean it's not really gone you know fantastic here in camp yet where you say you want to know what it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is we, we feel the passing game is going to be all right. He's just too valuable a player. He's just too important part of the offense. So, I mean, the best thing to do is maybe to find some way, somehow, if it's a little bit more of a chunk of a change this year, something, maybe redo the final of the year of this deal, whatever's on there, maybe um, that's not guaranteed. Find a way to guarantee it, but this is something the Browns have to do. You have to, you have to satisfy Kareem
1: Hunt. Stay up to date on the Cleveland Browns by subscribing to Locked on Sports today in the Locked on Browns podcast on the Odyssey app. YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Pittsburgh Steelers have plenty of pass catchers, but plenty of questions about the pass thrower. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Both the Browns and the Steelers are in one of the toughest divisions in football. The Baltimore Ravens are favored to win the AFC North at Bet Online, has them. Plus 165. The Browns, despite their roller coaster offseason and the questions around Deshaun Watson, still have the second best chances to win the division with the Cincinnati Bengals as Bet Online has both at plus 210. That leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers with the longest odds. Bet Online shows no confidence in their quarterback situation. They are 11 to 1, Bet Online, where the game starts. I like that bet at 11 to
0: 1. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Chicago Bears wide receiver Nikhil Harry suffered what appeared to be a severe ankle injury during Saturday's training camp practice. Harry went down on the first play of team drills when a screen pass went his direction. The wide receiver appeared to have his ankle rolled up when linebacker Nicholas Morrow tackled him. The receiver could not bear any weight on that ankle and had to be helped off the field by a trainer and a teammate. The team is still awaiting further evaluation on the severity of Harry's injury, and no determination has been made how long. He will be sidelined. Pete Rose continues to show why he is not enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Rose dismissed questions on Sunday about his first appearance on the field in Philadelphia since the franchise scrapped plans in 2017 to honor him because of a woman's allegation that baseball's hit king had sex with her when she was a minor. It was 55 years ago, babe, Rose told Alex Coffey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Rose also blew off another question from the Associated Press after the ceremony about the allegation and his comment earlier in the day. Who cares what happened 50 years ago, Rose said. You weren't even born, so you shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born. If you don't know a damn thing about it, don't talk about it. Pretty disappointing from a baseball legend. An overturned call in the 10th inning led to a 3-2 Toronto Blue Jays victory and an ejection for Minnesota Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. What happened? Okay. Whit Merrifield was originally called out at the plate, trying to score the game-winning run on a sack fly, but the call was reversed after Twins catcher Gary Sanchez was deemed to have interfered with Merrifield. It's one of the worst Moments I think we've seen of umpiring in any game I've ever been a part of in baseball, and I think it was pathetic what just played out. That was Baldelli after the game. Watch the play. It's a bad call. That is an out. Elsewhere on the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds haven't lost a series since the All-Star
0: break after beating the Milwaukee Brewers on Sunday. How about that pitching performance by your Cincinnati Reds? Let's not talk about the ninth inning, but Graham Ashcraft, absolutely beautiful. Ross Detwiler looked good. Alexis Diaz in that slider, Mwah. absolutely love it. And you get just enough hitting off Corbin Burns. Michael Papirski with his first career home run off of Corbin Burns, we'll take it, as the Reds haven't lost a series. Since the All Star break. What? <clears throat> yeah, for those in the back, the Reds haven't lost a series since the All Star break. Just a roller coaster of emotions on a Sunday afternoon. Great weekend, though. The weekend belongs to Jose Barrero. Yes, I know he struck out four times in that game here today on Sunday. But the two home runs on Saturday is so encouraging to me because that shows me how good he can be. There is plenty more where he came from. And yes, we have to see him do it for a much longer period of time than just one game. But I believe that we're going to see him take the reins of shortstop and not let go. So much to talk about on the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. You're not going to want to miss it is another story you need to know the Pittsburgh Steelers are going
1: to do something they haven't done since 2004 go into a season with a preferred starter at quarterback not named Ben Roethlisberger and we've seen some viral clips of a rookie receiver who has impressed a lot but who's throwing him the ball this is my question and it is my question for Chris Carter from locked on Steelers. Who has been at camp? Chris, right now, how do you handicap this this quarterback competition?
3: Mitch Trubisky has definitely shown the highest of highs so far. He when he's it took him a little bit to adjust. Um, but once he's gotten adjusted, Peter, he's been he's been good. Uh he was slow in his camp reads early on, and I think that's where Mason Rudolph had an advantage over him. Uh, because Mason Rudolph just this was his system. He was on time, he was on beat. Mitch Trubisky starting to catch up in that department. And when you see the arm strength combined with the accuracy, combined with the mobility, he is a better quarterback, obviously, and he's getting the job done. That being said, everyone's excited to see Kenny Pickett, but he's working through the rookie pains, you know, working through his, his reads, working on his timing, you know, with the, with the increased speed of the game and the complexity, it's fine. But Mitch Trubisky the number one guy, and people are starting to be excited because The Steelers really haven't had their full complement of offensive weapons. Deontay Johnson was holding in for the first week and a half. Pat Frymuth's been out with a hamstring. Chase Claypool's been out with a shoulder. Najee Harris had his foot stepped on. So really the full complement of the starting starting weapons haven't been available to Mitch. But he still started to come on and started to look a lot better, especially when they do their two-minute drills.
1: Talk to me a little bit about George Pickens, because this is a player who coming out of college at Georgia – um, had had a very highly touted pedigree coming out of high school that he did not quite live up to at Georgia for a number of reasons, including an ACL injury that set him back. But he has lit up uh, Steelers camp. the The videos are making the rounds on social media. Um, how, how real is the deal with this kid?
3: It's very real, Peter. I mean, the the those videos are just some of the ones that the fans were able to get out from uh, from Latro. But like you, every day, he's making some ridiculous catch, some ridiculous route that he's run. He gets separation. He gets behind defenders. He's making guys miss. He's blocking. He's doing everything. And, and like the people who were saying, like, "Hey, this kid could end up being the best receiver of this year's class," they weren't lying. Right now, he is he is doing everything you ask him for more. Well, like I said, with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson sitting out for a bit, he became the de facto number one. He looked like a number one like he looked like though okay yeah he could be the number one receiver on this roster if he really wanted to be so th- he's looking fantastic right now Peter and it's really becoming a question of okay okay it, is he is he like that good is he really going to be like in the Jamar Chase level co- type of good you know is, is this going to carry on when we start seeing them play against other teams that remains to be seen but right now he's looking like the he, he's looking like the top star of training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers
1: even just you invoking the name Jamar Chase, I, I think stands out because this is this was a guy who was a second round pick, yep, and who, you know it, at at various times in his career in college looked like okay, he could be a number one receiver in the NFL, but did not put up monster numbers, albeit with some quarterback problems at Georgia. So the question that i that i I think we have to ask ourselves is what kind of quarterback play does this team need? Number one, so George Pickens can do his thing, but more importantly, for this team to get to where they want to get to this season,
3: I really think it's, it comes down to having that balanced look on offense that Matt Canada is trying to go for. They don't need Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. They don't. They don't need a quarterback that's of that caliber. They need Mitch Trubisky to come out, take the reads that are there, and and give the guys shots when they get one on one opportunities down the field. If if Mitch Trubisky is in the upper half of of quarterbacks in this league they're in a happy place. Uh, And if, because then he's giving, uh, the other thing about this is that Mr. Bisky going to have a really impressive group of weapons when everyone's healthy. I mean, Pat Friarmuth, not Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens and Chase Claypool. And even the, the, the secondary guys, Zach Gentry's had a really good camp. Connor Hayward, Kim Hayward's younger brother has had a really good camp as the third tight end option. Calvin Austin, a guy who runs a four, three 40 yard dash. He's been really good. They have weapons coming from everywhere. So for Mitch Trubisky, it might just be a matter of, Hey, Let them do the work. Just don't try to take over the game and and, and win it by yourself. Let let the game come to you. And I think they'll be in a good spot. And this is a team. I'm telling you, Peter, with the defense that they've lined up, if this offense is, you know, is is just hey, getting around that three touchdown, you know, three touchdowns a game consistently and occasionally, you know, beefing up the points, and they don't turn, they don't commit a lot of turnovers. This could be a team that finds its way to compete with a lot of teams in the NFL. Mitch Trubisky don't have to be great. Just be like right here. Stay, stay steady. Give your guys opportunities. Don't lose your team the game. And they'll be able to win a lot of games this year.
1: Stay up to date on the Pittsburgh Steelers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, ruling the court as father and son, not just a dream for LeBron. As LeBron James enters the home stretch of one of the best basketball careers we've ever seen, he has one goal in mind, team up with his son, Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares talked about the possibility of this happening on Locked On NBA.
4: If you have a chance as a team to draft LeBron James, not Bronny James, to draft LeBron James, you, like I said, this story's on the horizon. We talked about it two years ago, whenever LeBron first brought it up and it was like, okay, that's so far away. We'll see. But we're getting a little bit closer, and now you can look at it and realistically say, if it were today, if, 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 Le- if Bronny was eligible to be drafted now and he was projected to be the 50th pick, second round, late second rounder, he honestly might go 10. He might go 12. Right. Because <laughs> if it gets, means getting LeBron. You're getting LeBron James for a few years, and you know you have yeah. your lottery teams that aren't close to, to winning, your, your top three pick type teams. That Usually they're not one LeBron away from contending, but usually by pick eight, nine, and ten, you got teams that are pretty good that are saying, "You know what? We are one LeBron away from a contention. Yeah. Maybe this is where we waste a draft pick, but we get LeBron."
3: Yeah, it's not quite as simple as, "Hey, you just draft LeBron James or just getting LeBron because you do have to clear requisite cap space, right? And if you're that kind of team, you would probably have to have some sort of cap space this- to sign him oh. or if you're trading for him, then you have to trade some some players." Right. And and, and so it's not, but, but you're right. It, I, I think if you're any team with any sort of sights on LeBron James, you're kind of preparing to take Bronny probably in the first round. And that kind of brings us back to LeBron's extension because that it, it, look it is sort of far away and it kind of feels like fantasy land right now. But if you're LeBron James and your goal, your final goal, like you said, is, is to play with your son, it has to factor right. into your decision right. here about whether or not you will pick up this extension.
1: I love this story. I know some people think it's lame. Some people think it's trite and and cliche or whatever. I I don't understand that. I would love to be able to be good enough at something, to do it long enough that I would be able to do it with my son and that my son would be good enough to do it with me when I'm LeBron freaking James. Now, I have the benefit of being a talk show host and my son, as soon as he can put a sentence together, could be on it with me. He's too. He's probably not that far away from being able to do that. He could be on this show, and that would be cool. But I'm not LeBron James. He's not Bronny James. That's no. That's not even shaded us. It's just easier to do this thing. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of it. And so, I, I think it is so cool if they get to do this. I hope they do it. I hope they win a lot of games. I hope they have the best time and I hope it brings them closer. I hope Bronny is not doing this just to please dad. I hope he's doing it because he loves it. That's what I would want for my son. I do this because I love it and I I wouldn't stay doing it just so I could do it with my son. I hope LeBron is still doing it because he loves it and it is really cool if they get to share that together. And finally, the Seattle Storm celebrated Sue Bird's 19th season with the franchise ahead of her final regular season home game in Seattle. A franchise record crowd of 18,100 people packed Climate Pledge Arena for the Storm's game against the Las Vegas Aces. Bird was honored with an encore tribute pregame, a video featuring highlights from Seattle's four championships with Bird and by former teammates and coaches in attendance. The only thing out of place was the Storm's loss to the Aces. I'm not going to lie. It kind of sucks to lose my last game here, Sue Bird said, as she addressed the crowd post game. but it's okay. I lost my first game here too. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen coming up tomorrow. So where is Kevin Durant going? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.